This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, there's been no top flight football in England for the best part of a fortnight, but that doesn't mean that the Premier League hasn't thrown out some storylines that betters should take note of. Here to make sense of a significant points deduction for Everton, plus all the best bets across week 13 of the EPL are myself, Dan Robert, plus Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. This is Betting Weekly Premier League show. Nigel, Everton start the weekend in 19th position with just Burnley below them in the table on goal difference after a 10-point deduction due to financial irregularities, or at least the Premier League version of FFP. You mentioned that this was the elephant room when we looked at the futures market uh, for relegation a month or so back. And so it proved here. Everton plus 225 to go down. Should we back them? Should we leave them? What are your thoughts? Good to be back, guys, first of all. Yes, uh, not a great international break if you are a Everton fan. A good international break if you've been following the show here with lots of winners from everyone on the international show. Um, Everton Football Club, I mean, I think it's the perils nowadays of betting future markets, not only relegation markets. I think there could be ramifications potentially now at the, at the top end with Manchester City. We, we don't know what's going to happen there. That could be a, a worry for anyone who's holding a very heavy minus Man City price. We've seen it happen in the, in the English lower leagues where teams have been deducted points. Um, if this had happened to Everton... Um, in the last four or five seasons, that would be them doomed. But uh, this Premier League, as I've said, as we've highlighted on this show throughout the season so far, is probably one of the weakest Premier Leagues, or not probably the weakest, the gap between the, the it's the widest gap between the bottom and the top. So despite that 10 point deduction, which is a huge deduction, Everton are still plus money to get relegated. There's three teams below them. So um, if you ask Everton fans, would they be in this? Would they be sort of be in this position? Not not with the ten points, but you know, fourth favourites of relegation. This is probably where they would expect it to have been this time of the year. They, you know, it was only because they had a brilliant run just before the international break that they they sort of escaped that market. But would I bet them to get relegated? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think this could galvanise them. I think I think you might see Everton even harder to beat. I think they've suddenly started looking good defensively. They've suddenly got their main man back in attack. Um, they they haven't really been affected by internationals like other any other sides. So I think this. I know it sounds really strange and a stupid thing to say, and it's not. You know, I don't mean it this way, but actually it could be a good thing for Everton in terms of their performances and the way they play. I think they pick up more points now, knowing that their backs against the wall. We've seen when Everton have been at the bottom of the Premier League over seasons before, what that home support does to them in the final games of the season. I expect every match now to be like that, and. Um, I don't think they'll go down. Even though that ten, I think those three teams, Sheffield United, Luton, and Burnley, are the worst three we've ever seen. I think Bournemouth. I know they did win their last match against Newcastle, but you know, you you mentioned it, Dan, on the last show we did, which seemed like ages ago now, that Newcastle were depleted by injuries. It wasn't to be for them, but I think it's a bad week for Everton. But um, I think they'll be fine. Jack, what's your take on this? I mean, if you're Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton, even Bournemouth, 
you know, you're thinking, well, this is a bit of an opportunity because there's a, a team that's being drawn towards my team. I mean, Burnley minus 167 to go down. Does it make them more backable maybe at that price? Because obviously they were shorter prior to Everton getting this deduction. How do you see it? Well, it's a bonus for them because it's helped. Um, I don't think it'll be enough. Like same as Nigel, I've actually laid when once there was uh, the initial announcement was made, there seemed to be a big overreaction and uh, on the price to Everton, and I, I laid them to go down. So um, I'm effectively backing them to stay up. I can't see them getting any kinds of trouble. One win and, and they're out of the relegation zone again, really, aren't they? And the other sides, as we've already said, are so bad this season. Can't get points that it's going to be an all-time record low as far as surviving relegation is concerned. So they've obviously appealed it as well. So we've got that to take into account that um, anyone that does fancy getting on board, there is a chance that that uh, 10-point penalty is going to be reduced. So that will possibly have an impact as well. But no, for me, it's the same size that we've talked about all all along. Those three favourites are the ones. If you were giving me one of your infamous free um, Roebuck bucks uh, to have a bet, then I'd probably look past Bournemouth and the one that catches my eye is the side that we've talked about a lot this season is having no firepower or creativity. Fulham at plus 700 would probably be the one that if I had a better, a better price, I wouldn't be back in the others at the, the prices they are for me. Be interesting to see what happens, certainly when it comes to the futures market. And as you're right, it, it could easily be a six point deduction rather than a 10 point deduction. And betters have got to factor all that in. We usually go chronological over the course of the weekend, but because we're talking about Everton and we've got to play in the match at Goodison Park against Manchester United, we're going to start on Merseyside. This is Sunday, 11.30 Eastern. Everton plus 180 have been backed just a little bit. Manchester United plus 155 are the favourites. Draw plus 250. Look, the atmosphere is going to be something, Nigel. You mentioned it briefly before. Should betters factor that in? Is it already factored in to the price? How do you see that, first of all, before you give us your play? Well, I think it has already been factored into the price. As you see, the line movement has sort of moved into Everton's favour, which you would expect. Uh, Manchester United did win their last match before the international break, but it's it still papers up the cracks. A 1-0 win against Luton is is not really what the Manchester United faithful are hoping for. So Manchester United still are a team in, in big problems. I mean, Ten Hag is the second favourite to lose his job. So it shows you that that win against Luton is, is irrelevant, really. They have a huge Champions League match as well in midweek. So that's another big, big factor. That's a massive, massive match for Manchester United and their season. So, you know, that is their, their, I think that's probably their priority rather than this match against Everton. As we've, as I said there, I think Everton are going to be very, very hard to beat at home. I think they're going to make it really, really intimidating for them. And they were playing really, really well. And I think the 10 point deduction will actually galvanise them and make them even stronger. So I agree with the move. I couldn't probably bet them though at the price but I, I do have an angle. Do you want me to come to the angle? Yeah, go on. What's the play? Well, it's not a surprise. We're back. I think this week's the week we we're going to go. This is this is the week we're going to go big on the under two and a half goals. I haven't eaten for since August, <laughs> uh, as you can say. Uh, like I'm losing weight. Everything's going wrong. But it's been a terrible, terrible season for unders betters. I said the goals go under in November. I I wait for you to give me your clever stats and your clever computer at the end of the year. But I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's going to be that good for me. I don't think I would have made much money. But uh, the games I've picked certainly didn't make any money. But uh, I think Everton-Man United does have that look about an under-two-and-a-half goal match. Uh, The reason why I think Everton, obviously, that 10-point, the galvanisation, the fans behind them, I think that that Sean Dyche is a defensive coach. The way he sets his sides out not to get beat, I think even more so now with the 10-point deduction. 
that makes every match we can't afford to lose this game. So that plays into his strategy. Manchester United with that Champions League game is massive. The week before the Champions League, I think that's going to be a huge, huge question in the way they approach this match. And if you look at Everton this season, I know they played well, but at home, their first three matches were 1-0 defeats. Um, four of their six matches at home have been under two and a half goals in cash. Goodison Park is notoriously a, a very difficult place to go. And Manchester United, last match out, a 1-0 win against Luton, very poor. A 1-0 match at Fulham. Man United are just winning ugly. And that's what Ten Hag has started to do now. He, you know, he, he's thinking to himself when they've got no goals, they've got no goal scoring threat unless it's Matomini. The striker looks questionable in the Premier League at the very best. Nine starts, nine guys, Hoyland. Um, so I, I, I think this here could be. Um, I'm, I'm looking at this as a, a point each. I think Manchester United take a point, head off to the uh, the next match of the Champions League, try to get a win there, try to get their season on track there. Everton build into that 10-point deficit. And I, and I think it'll probably be a draw. Um, I wouldn't bet the draw, but I do think under two and a half goals here at minus 103. I think this is going to be nervy. I think two sides desperate for a point at least. Two sides struggling in, in goal-scoring opportunities and two sides that uh, recent weeks have looked better defensively. I think Everton in the last match, obviously, were involved in a high-scoring game. But I think prior to that and now that deduction, I think they go back to what Dyche is tried and tested formula keep it tight so a very very nervy match under two and a half goals minus 103 big big weekend for the unders betters we're if, back it, well look speaking about my supercomputer if, if you level states everton unders this season you are in profit second best record in the league so the stats stack up as well just briefly jack on you with this atmosphere thing i just i just think everton are going to be unplayable for the first 10 minutes whether it'll last a lot i, I don't know and united are fragile is it is it something for you or are you just a cold hard facts numbers man and is everything factored into the price anyway we shouldn't read any more into what's going to be a very hot goodison park on sunday yeah, we mentioned it a week or so ago on, on Twitter, didn't we? We were having a little chat about it, and I think that it was factored into the price. It was one to keep an eye on. Absolutely, the atmosphere will be white hot. Uh, siege mentality. Sean Dyche's fingerprints all over this Everton setup right now. Um, it screams a gritty, tough crowd going for it. We saw it a couple of seasons ago. One thing that did catch my attention, the line's a little bit high for me to play from the get-go, but bookings is one to look out for here. The line's set at six and a half. John Brooks is the referee. He's given seven cards in his last two outings in the Premier League. Um, quite notorious for getting a few cards out of his pocket. And so this one could get a bit feisty. That's a lot, though, so. isn't it? Six and a half. It's, it is yes, a lot. It's a high, high line. I mean, that's too the kind of match you would see for, like, a Manchester derby. A, a, yeah, yeah, it would, it would be. But the yeah. Gars go derby the other week was six and a half. Rangers v Celtic, six and a half. That does seem very, very high. Yeah, it's too high, I said, for, for, to get involved. It's one I looked at, but was too high, so hence why I, I kind of I bypassed it. But it's one, if you can get on in play, um, worth, a, worth a little look. If he lets a few go early doors, it could uh, could kick off and uh, that, that line will come down quite quickly. But yeah, one to keep an eye on. We'll look at the cards when the game goes on. We're looking for unders in that game. Uh, as we are in Luton against Crystal Palace, this is 10pm, 10am uh, Eastern uh, on Saturday. Luton plus 275, Palace plus 108. Uh, the draw plus 240. And unders here, Nigel, plus 137. You like unders again here. Palace disappointed us last time. 
I said it was a good bet. I'm not going to say this is, Nigel. <laughs> well, I think everything you said is a good bet hasn't, hasn't happened. So I was, I was, he was really <laughs> very tempted to say it was a good bet in the Everton match, and then you sort of stop yourself because you knew you were going to get slated. So I'm glad I'm glad you did, actually. But I, I was a little bit uh, concerned about that. But, uh, yeah, Crystal Palace cost, cost us the, the money in their last match, and that was an uncharacteristic performance in that one there. But... Um, that was a 3-2 defeat against Everton, at home against Everton. Who would have seen that one coming? But I certainly didn't. It was all over after about, I think I was under two goals. It was all done after eight minutes. I think it's a world yeah, record. Yeah, we were hoping for a push for 80 minutes. Eight minutes yeah. 82 <laughs> minutes holding out for a push. You can't get that's, that. That's not how you want to be betting. But um, I think here, I mean, Crystal Palace have kept more clean sheets than any other team in the Premier League season. I think they're joint with Newcastle. The goalkeeper's in fine form. Sam Johnson, him and Nick Pope, the Newcastle keeper, have kept more clean sheets in the Premier League than any other goalkeeper. Uh, if you look at Palace's matches so far this season against teams in or around them at the bottom of the table, Sheffield United 1-0, Fulham 0-0, Forest 0-0, Burnley 2-0. The only one that didn't uh, end under two and a half goals was that match against Everton, the match that we got stuck into. So uh, you could look at it a bit, a bit hard luck. Um, that wasn't uncharacteristic performance by Everton and obviously the early goal changed the whole complexion of that match but uh, I think here with Luton uh, if you look at their recent results Luton have started to perform a little bit better I know their metrics have been pretty good as well from where they are but a 1-0 defeat against Manchester United 1-1 against Liverpool how that game cashed unders I don't know and the Tottenham 1-0 win as well another one which is very fortunate to be cashed unders and they're against two of the, the best three teams in the Premier League currently on form as well so now they're up against Palace. I just feel like this is a, a match where both managers would look at this and think, you know what, if we, if we can keep, pick up points or, or we can take a we can take a point here. Palace have got a lot of players returning back from the international duty. They're going to be quite tired. I know Eze's going to be another week where he's going to get better. That's a bad thing for the unders betters. He started to look good before the international break. Luton have had most of their players around, not often international duty. I think out of all the Premier League teams, they're the side that them and Sheffield United, I think Sheffield United have the least players in the international duty, Luton a second. So they've got the most players back. They're going to work on things in the training ground, but I think this could be a, a pretty boring match. I think Palace under Roy Hodgson are negative. I think Palace this season, I know we, we got our fingers burnt on the last match, but you know if you want to bet uh, Palace matches in get teams in the bottom half, you usually do cash under two and a half goals. That's not just the case this season. It's been the case last season as well. Five of Luton's home matches in five, sorry, in five, Luton have had five home matches in the Premier League this season and three of them have under two and a half goals. And now the team uh, with the worst metrics on the road this season, um, one of the lowest scorers and one of the meanest defence come to town. Uh, I, I can see this being another low scoring match as well. I was hoping that the weather might be horrid and terrible <laughs> across the country this weekend. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been quite a lot of rain and it's quite cold, but um it's going to be quite nice, which doesn't help that bet as well. But I just think of looking at the fixtures this weekend, there's a lot of matchups where I just look at them and you go under, under, under. The only thing that's in your, your mind every time as an under better now for me is this extra added minutes. You know, you know what I mean? And I think if if people are a little bit nervy and a little bit of careful, cautious or a little bit, a little bit concerned about 10 minutes, the amount of late goals that have cost us in recent weeks, which has been an awful lot, We've been on the right side. I don't. I wouldn't change any of the bets that we've done, even though we've lost on these under matches. But they've, but they've been great, looking great bets going into like the eighty second minute, eighty third minute. Then disaster struck. I think if you if you if you do get an opportunity, I think with these extra minutes on the clock until that sort of finds itself out, if we were in a position here, I would suggest maybe a, 
a cash out or, or close your position and just take the money because these last 10 minutes are proving really, really costly. But for 80 minutes, I think we're all winners on both of these two. The last last 10, 20 minutes, I don't, or 10 minutes of extra time, that's where it all goes wrong. Uh, Jack, you have got a play in this game. Um, it is uh, different. It's an interesting one because potentially you're going against, to a certain extent, Nigel's thinking, although both bets could cash. Jack? Yeah, absolutely not. I'm going complete with Nigel's selection. It's going to be under two and a half goals, but both teams are going to score. It's going to be a 1-1 draw. Simple <laughs> as that. Um, I did dig into a few of the stats. Um, actually, on regarding like Nigel, what he then said um, this week, as far as those injury time goals are concerned, there's been 38 goals in second half injury time so far this season, 50 in total. I was on 37 of them. And you're, <laughs> I was going to say, we had 19 of those as, uh, as, as I was bets, on 37 of them. 21 goals from 90 plus five onwards so far this season. And um, I think there was nine clean sheets busted in injury time at the back end of the game. So um, from 51 in total. So it's about 15% of clean sheets are gone in added on time. So, Absolutely backs up what you say. Um, keep an eye on that one and uh, and look at your position as we go into that. So, um, yeah, for me, my bet, both teams to score. It's on a similar basis. This is a tight one. This is a game that Luton are going to be marking down as that they'll be one of taking something from. Um, so, of course, an early goal would, would open it up either way around here because uh, Palace can't see afford to lose to a, a Luton side that have been written off for it effectively for the minute they got promoted. So um, I feel that Luton have, have been competitive over the course of the season and getting more competitive. A couple of heavier defeats at the start of the season come seconds away from getting a, a massive win against Liverpool in their last home game, which obviously ended 1-1, as we then talked about. Um, but they are yet to keep a clean sheet so far this season. So that's 12 games into the season. Only Leicester have, have started a Premier League life with... Uh, fewer uh, or more games to get a clean sheet. Um, that was uh, 18 before they then got one on the 19th. Um, and uh, they concede a lot of shots. They uh, concede a lot of um, opportunities. And the main reasons that we were fading um, Palace over the course of the season so far, as Nigel's already said, is that, yeah, Zaha went in the summer to Turkey. That's not going to change. But Eze and Elise both back to varying degrees at this moment in time. Um, Elise with an assist from the bench and then a goal in his first start. And Elise now had about 20-odd minutes in that game against Everton. Um, and it's also interesting that Pal um, Luton conceded the second highest amount of shots from their left-back position, which will be where Elise is. So one to keep an eye on as far as uh, getting involved in this game, be it off the bench or from the get-go. We'll see how it goes. But um, say, Luton only failed to score in one of their five home games this season. That's my angle on it. And that was against Spurs, who said, who were down to 10 men for that second half. So possibly more uh, of a hindrance in the fact that Spurs would look to maintain to what they had. Um, but say they've scored in all those other four games, obviously have conceded in all five of their home games and have conceded in every single game so far this season. And as far as Palace are concerned, they've only failed to score in one of their uh, five away games and that coming in that terrible performance against Newcastle. Luton aren't a Newcastle, so I'd expect Palace to get on the score sheet again against Luton. And as I say, Luton have shown that they can score uh, certainly at home where they'll be expecting to pick up most of their points. And in fact, four of their five home games this season have seen both teams to score cash. And I'll take that again this time round. Well, we'll take 1-1, one, one, won't we here? Uh, plus yeah. 525. That will see both... Uh, selections pay. Uh, Forest Brighton uh, next up. Uh, Forest plus 215, Brighton plus 120, draw plus 265, again 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, what's happened to Brighton, Jack, with goals last five games all unders? 
lot of 1-1s flying around. Have they changed anything or is it just a bit of regression after an awful lot of overs uh, for the most part uh, from the get-go of this campaign? That's the question, isn't it? What What's caused it? Is it a case that they've reverted back to that XG uh, phenomenon that they had previously over the last couple of seasons before De Zerbe, creating lots of chances, not scoring them? Is it simply that they've been found out a little bit? Is it sides are now going, we need to give Brighton a bit more respect. We need to play uh, to nullify them rather than just go in and say we're going to beat them and, and play better? Is it a fact that, of course, being in European competition this year, as we've said before, is just stretching that squad a little bit too much. Um, I think it's a combination of the latter two of those things. Um, I think when you look into the into the data, you saw their last away game, they only created 0.5 XG. So you would say that they're not quite getting on it at this moment in time and say so probably down to a fact a little bit of fatigue, but also that sides like Everton in that particular case are going to go, right, we aren't going to fall into your trap. They want to try and drag people out of position. They want to try and engage them into a into more of an open game and then punish them by um, playing through them and uh, around the back and sides. So I think we're going to get a similar setup here with this Forest side. They, they'll play that much the same kind of template on that. So under three is the bet for me here. Under three goals does mean that we have got the safety net of a push if there are three goals exactly in the game. But in the same way, of course, as an under two and a half goals bet. Zero, one or two goals in the game is a full cash of the ticket for us. So Forrest are certainly that side that we look at and go, are they playing at home? Are they playing away? And then we have to kind of align our sights according to that. Um, we thought at the start of the season when they got that win at Stamford Bridge that possibly they'd turned the corner and they were going to start replicating their home form away. But if we remember last season, 10th best home record, worst away record. This season, they've not only picked up one point since that win against um, Chelsea and only Bournemouth and Sheffield United have uh, got fewer away points. But lo and behold, where are they in the league table for as far as home performance is concerned? They're 10th again. So it's actually an identical to last season. And what's that been built around? Well, it's been built around a very, very strong defence, which is, of course, what um, is all that matters for me in this particular bet on the under three goal line. Uh, only Newcastle, Manchester City and Liverpool have conceded fewer goals at home than Nottingham Forest have. Although I think they've been a bit underwhelming this season. And they've certainly been very tight defensively. They've only conceded five goals across those home games. Um, and as I say, I just uh, think that they've got that tight ability to keep things, um, say, compact. Uh, you, know, you look across the board, they tend to concede goals. But at the city ground, it's very, very tight. They don't tend to create too much. They do rely a little bit on one or two individuals getting them out of, out of jail. Um, but say for me that they they are going to be a tough nut to crack. And I think they are very much going to be sitting deep. They've actually got the deepest, lowest block of anyone in the entire Premier League as far as their defensive structure and setup is concerned. So that's not going to be helpful for Brighton playing their normal style, which leads to them scoring their goals. So, um, yeah, for me, Brighton's attack and process has taken a bit of a dive. We know that City and um, Nottingham Forest is good at the City ground and keep it tight. So therefore, the under goal line is the play for me um, at minus one thirty two. Bit of juice in that price from what I made it. Yeah, minus one thirty two under three. The push if there is three goals in the game. Potentially, we are still ahead of the curve. Nigel, you have got a lean in this one. Just thoughts on the home win potentially? Yeah, I quite like Forest. I, I probably want to get with them with a draw, no bet, or because Brighton have been drawing a lot of games in the Premier League in the last few weeks. Uh, I, I want to get him a draw on bet. I mean, Jack's point about Brian this season is definitely to do with Europa League, but their form has dropped. I mean, prior to the Europa League start, they played five matches and won four of them in the Premier League. They were riding high at the top of the table. After the Europa League, they played 10 and, and won two in all competitions. 
They haven't got a big enough squad. We've seen big teams over the years on a Thursday struggle, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, Sunday, Premier League football. Brighton just haven't got a big enough squad. I know they've got players. I know they have got a big, you know, they have got a big squad compared to other teams in the Premier League, especially Championship. But they're top players playing week in and week out. It, it's it's finding them out. And if you got, if it's a big match for them as well in the in the uh, Europa League, they've got to go to Athens to play AEK Athens, and everyone knows a tough. Tough trip to Greece is, is a tough place to go. It's the old cliche, tough place to go. But Greek sides notoriously at home are fantastic. Away from home, they're useless. So, um, and if and if AEK Athens win, then they've got a chance of 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 qualifying. And Brighton uh, Brighton play Marseille on the final day of the qualifying, and Athens will play Ajax, who will be out. So it, it's a massive match for for them in midweek in that game. And if you look at their record in the three matches prior to trips to Europe. They've been beaten 6-1 by Aston Villa, 2-1 by Man City, and they drew 1-1 with Everton. So they haven't really put in any performance prior to a Europa League game. So um, I think that really does help Forrest. And with Forrest being un- they're unbeaten this season, I know they're 10th in the Premier League, and I know they've drawn a lot of games, but they're unbeaten at home. And that crowd, I mean, I know a guy who's a, a, a broadcaster like yourself, Dan, he travels around and he says that Forest is the most is the best atmosphere of any club in the in the Premier League last season and this season. He's absolutely rocking there at home. So um I don't, I don't fancy Brighton for this trip at all. I, I think Forrest and the draw no bet, or Forrest if you can get a push on the on the on the quarter goal handicap, Norton half. I'd take that. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't trust them to win it, but I don't think they get beat. Plus one thirty, Tino bet. Yeah, uh, I like Forrest. Yeah, might be the play. Um, yeah, Brighton. They're a strange one, aren't they? All of a sudden, having been fairly predictable as Nigel suggested at the start of the season. Uh, Sheffield United, Bournemouth next for us. It's another ten a.m. Uh, Eastern Saturday kickoff here. Uh, Sheffield United plus two twenty-five, Bournemouth plus one twenty-three, which seems too short for me. Um, we are on the unders train again here, Nigel. None of Bournemouth's away games have gone under this season, but you believe they're going to book that trend? Is this about Bournemouth or is it about Sheffield United? Combination of the two. Talk us through your play. Well, none of the games have gone under, but they played Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, Brentford and Everton. Everton won, maybe you could say, yeah, but this is very different. Sheffield United at home. We know Sheffield United have problems scoring goals. I'm going back to the scene of the crime. And this is the scene <laughs> of the crime where Sheffield United played Wolves two weeks, three weeks Come ago. On. I was sitting in a Blasio window and I almost threw myself into their fa- famous fans. <laughs> Come on, come on, Sherlock. Yes, there was a there was a murder committed (laughs) committed two or three weeks ago in that Sheffield United v Wolves game. And I'm going back. There's a lot of common denominators here, you know, Bournemouth going back there and uh, and I just feel that I again it goes back to this this kind of argument that I feel that both of these managers are are severely under pressure. I mean, Higginbottom's the favourite to be the, the next Premier League manager to go. Ariola's third or fourth favourite. They they are under they're you know, we haven't even lost the manager yet. The Premier coming to Christmas is, is staggering. I always bet no manager to lose their job. It's one of these random bets I always do with about like two months ago, or three months ago. And you get 33 to one. No manager to lose his job in the Premier League is currently 250 to one. And I was really tempted to bet it the other day because I just think to myself, the three teams at the bottom who are under huge pressure, what is it any good to sell them? And they, they've expected it to be in this position. Who are they going to get? The cost of getting anyone in? So they, you know, they've probably got a little bit of a say. Company probably is the one that may be under pressure. Bournemouth, if he hasn't gone now, then you see signs of improvement. He beat, he beat, you know, he beat Newcastle last time out. So really, is it a crazy bet? Is it a trading bet? Two hundred one now. Get into the new year. 
where they might sack someone is that break. We've got a two-week break, haven't we, over Christmas? Mm. You know, and we know football. But anyway, go back to this game. I just think- just, to, just on that, I think you're right, because if, if you're Burnley and you've got company, you'd probably want him to have another go in the championship next season. Well, that, that's um, my point. Those three teams you know, all, all All three of those coaches, Heckingbottom, slight question, mark, but the, the, the other two, you think that... that they would probably want them to try and have another go to get them yeah. back up and have another crack. It's it's not the worst, as you say, to have a bit of fun with that and see where you are in the well, spring. I mean, we, anyway. we, I, I, can't, I don't know. I mean, it's been a season we've got this far in the Premier League without anybody going already. And, you know, I can't see Man United getting rid of Ten Hag. I really can't. I mean, the club are in transition. See what happens. The owners get, get this season over and done within the summer, maybe. Bournemouth, they haven't got rid of Hirola after some of those performances he's had already season. Well, they're, they're, they're staying with him because he's promised us have, have a massive contract. And I, I, I just think that you might you might get lucky and have a freak season. At 201, you'll have some fun interest and no manager to go. Saying that, as soon as I say this, this will be clipped and someone will be sacked <laughs> on, on, on Sunday. But anyway, uh, we'll go back to this match. I just think that I just think it's got to look about that both sides, again, will be quite content with the point. I think Sheffield United at home this season, if you look at their records against teams very similar, uh, you know, a 2-1 win against Wolves, which was, for all intents and purposes, that was a nil, nil that was a 1-0, never, never a 2-1 match. A 1-1 draw with Brighton as well in their recent matches. Uh, and Bournemouth coming here, I know all their all their matches that haven't, you know, have gone over, but they have played a very, very different calibre of opposition to what they face here. And I just feel that Sheffield United, Bournemouth, I just think it got, it's got that look about it again. It's that sort of mid-season kind of game where both teams are struggling and both managers need something. And I think now Everton have been thrown into the mix. I think that sort of changes the the psyche of these two sides now. Instead of a, a battle between four clubs, now it's a battle between five clubs and they might just nick points off each other and try to pick up ones as they go along. So um, I think it should be a very, very cagey first half. It might open up in the second half. And again, my, my advice to be that if we are looking quite good at around about 70 or 80 minutes, <laughs> if it's nil-nil again and no shots on target at 50 minutes this season, I just don't think we're going to cash. You know, just, just just get out and take your money because uh, you're going to get ludicrous price, probably minus eight dollars or something like that. Like this game was two weeks ago. Not that I've, I've it's bothering me or nothing like that. <laughs> uh, but it's not that it's bothering me or nothing like that. But uh, anyway, um, I can't get out of my head. But I think this is under two and a half goals. Under two and a half goals is even money. I don't think I gave you the price on the under two and a half goals in Luton Palace. Under two and a half goals there was minus one thirty seven, and under two and a half goals in Everton Man United was minus one hundred three. So a three. Matches for me, all back to norm. The Premier League starts this weekend. All unders. I'm going to be happy. Christmas round the corner. And remember, remember the goals go down in December. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle, Chelsea. Uh, the last major preview we've got for you. Jack's tackling this for us again. It's 10 a.m. Uh, Saturday Eastern. Newcastle, the favourites, plus 155. Uh, Chelsea, plus 180. Huge game. And, and Nigel has talked about Champions League fixtures upcoming or European fixtures upcoming on the horizon for teams this week. Same for Newcastle, of course, with the game against Paris Saint-Germain, I think it is. Um, yeah. uh, Jack, what, what's the play here? Talk us through. This is an interesting one because, you know, Chelsea, every now and then, they'll put in a performance and they're the media darling and everyone loves them and they put four past Man City and you think they've turned a corner. Next week, it's it's not the case. Um, what do you like here? What are your thoughts on these two? Yeah, it is an interesting one, isn't it? And yeah, PSG on the horizon for Newcastle, but this one first, which they need to take care of because obviously they had a poor performance last time out. The injuries have bitten a little bit. Um, I have gone for the uh, the famous phrase, remember, remember, goals go down in November, apart from Newcastle versus Chelsea. Over two and a half goals have gone through <laughs> in this one. Back in the trend. Up to the 90-minute mark. 
<laughs> just play play over two and a half in added on time. See what price you get. But um, yeah, minus one twenty seven is the price pre kickoff here for this. Um, I, do you know what? I was tempted to pull the trigger on Chelsea here, given the Newcastle issues. But you know, we're we're recording this a day earlier than normal, so we don't get the uh, the team news that we normally get, and I think that's quite crucial as far as the match result is concerned here because. Talk is that um, Kieran Trippier is going to be um, absolutely fine and playing. Uh, Fabian Scher is a possibility. Almiron is supposed to have recovered and should be able to play. Gimaraes back from suspension as long as he arrives back from that interesting game in Brazil last night. Okay. Um, and the key one, I, I guess, is going to be Isaac. There's talk that he should be able to participate, um, possibly start. Um, and that will be a massive boost for Newcastle, who just lacked that cutting edge. You know, with uh, Isaac and Wilson, they've obviously got two strikers that actually outperform Haaland as far as goals per minute are concerned so far this season. So to have one of them available, Wilson's definitely out, of course, but to have one of them available will be a massive boost for them. Um, Chelsea are that side that I have kind of realigned um, or changed my sights a little bit as far as uh, my ratings are concerned over the course of the season. A side that I've kind of been against for much of it so far. But we knew they were going to come good under Pochettino. I think some of the injuries have actually helped him a little bit as far as that he's had a trimmed squad to choose from rather than having the hundreds that were available to him. So, yeah, a couple of key people out were a blow, but he's now been able to field a bit more of a settled side and uh, that has helped. And we've seen some good performances from him as well over the last few weeks um, and plenty of goals. And uh, so at the start of the season, um, you know, we've talked about this offline as far as the, the XG for these two clubs are concerned, and they're very, very high. Chelsea ranks second as far as their expected goal scored is concerned. Uh, Newcastle are fifth. The same applies as far as their respective home and away form as well is concerned. So we should see a fairly steady pattern for this one. The problem Chelsea had at the start of the season is they were creating all those chances and not scoring the goals. Um, and that's been the one thing that's ter certainly turned around over the last few weeks. Uh, we saw that game against Spurs, of course, where they scored four eventually, um, but uh, still conceded one. We're nearly 2-0 down inside the opening 15 minutes and still conceded chances even against nine men towards the end. So although the processes are working well and they're scoring goals, uh, they uh, seem to have been a little bit more open now at the back, obviously highlighted by the fact the last game before the international break was that 4-4 draw with Manchester City. And going back to their last two away games, they also scored four uh, against Burnley. So they went to Burnley and won that one 4-1 as well. So, OK, Newcastle a better set up, a better side than Burnley. But when we're talking about the, the last five games where I kind of zone in just to see what the current form is like, you look at Chelsea have played the likes of uh, Man City, they've played Arsenal, they've played Tottenham in those games as well. And um, there's been goals galore in them, really. Uh, the last five Premier League games, they've scored 14 goals, but they have conceded 10. So that's averaging 4.8 goals per game. Newcastle's not quite so prolific, but nine and six, which gives a flat average of exactly three, which obviously is what we're looking for here, over two and a half goals. And, and I just feel that there are chances going to be at both ends of this one. This is a game that um, Chelsea can really set their sights on, knowing that Newcastle are potentially a little bit vulnerable here and Chelsea have been better on the road. We'll go and look to attack it and uh, close the gap on Newcastle and uh, start to get their sights set on stealing into one of those European places. The one thing I'd say about Chelsea, as highlighted in that Spurs game, very vulnerable defensively from set pieces. We saw that even with the nine men. 
and Newcastle are very strong in that area. Kieran Trippier is the lead and assist uh, maker as far as the Premier League is concerned so far this season. So I would expect him to be looking forward to uh, flinging a few balls into the box for them to attack. And as I say, it should be a really entertaining game. It's surprising, really, that it's a Saturday kickoff at 10 a.m. Eastern, isn't it? So, um, yeah, one, one that should be a, a good watch. And we'll buck the trend of this weekend and uh, see a few goals. Yeah, stateside uh, viewers will be able to watch it. In the UK, we won't be able to. It's not live on the box. We like overs in in that one. Uh, We've got a lean and it's another unders just to complete uh, the theme. It's going to be the final game in November, Nigel, um, in the Premier League. Uh, Wolves against uh, Fulham at Fulham uh, and just just a lean for you yeah, on this one Francis. just another lean under two and those goals we know, we know it. but Wolves have been a little bit um, totally opposite to what we've seen over the years I mean it may be more expansive they play a little bit more football but they play a Fulham side I think a toothless in attack as we've said so many times here and we know that the the Wolves nil-nil at half time bet is always a decent angle that's just another one I look under I mean I know that Jack there has gone on about the um, about the Tottenham match uh, sorry, the uh, the Chelsea match there, and I know, and I and I totally respect his his opinion there, but I, I'm actually thinking about having a stupid, stupid accumulator every single one under this week. Liverpool, Man City as well. We we, we should we, we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'll be just there. Well, well I was going to give you a free one dollar play in that one, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could we'll come on to that in a minute, <laughs> but I, I think that that one there is is it might not. I think with with the way that match is set after the international break. That might not live up to the hype that everyone expects. You know, Harlan's out, well, he's potentially out. Alvarez, obviously, for over in Argentina. All this, all the South American players coming back from international break for, for Liverpool as well. That might not be the, the great game that we're expecting, the three-and-a-half goal line there. I'm worried about that one as well. Aston Villa, Tottenham. I mean, that could be anything. That's the only one I'm a little bit worried about. But all the matches this week to be under two and a half goals. We might, we'll just take out the Chelsea one. Let's just take it. We'll just take out the Chelsea one because for Jack. But it was 600 to one that every single one of them was under two and a half goals. And we threw three and a half with Man City and three and a half with Tottenham. So if we take out the Newcastle match, we are looking at 305 to one with Bet Rivers, unders and all those matches. You I don't think that's, me there. I don't think that's a bad bet. I think we should have a group bet. Why don't we all yeah. why, why, why don't we have? No, we shop, can do that. Why don't we, we just have like uh, ten dollars? Yeah, on, 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 to, to win to win that. So every match under two and a half goals. Do only nine from ten. And yeah, so we do nine, nine. I think I think I think that I think that's not a bad little bit of interest for a bit of fun for the weekend. Yeah, we it's, yeah we could be structured nicely. We could be hanging on on Monday night or Monday afternoon. It is in the states for that uh, Fulham game before four. We'll do our money. No, we we'll won't. go there. We'll go there. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll streak. Go. We'll get Jack we'll, to streak. We'll, we'll, we'll to, definitely uh, in go. The freezing cold. Very to, uh, very, to, to very quickly. <laughs> Nigel, you, you've alluded to the to the um, City Liverpool game. It's interesting because City were minus one fifty seven. They're back minus one forty three now, and maybe off the back of the team that you were talking about. Just quickly, boys, you know, money line three dollar play on this one. Where would you go, or, or an over and unders? What what would you play? I, I th- it I is a big all, game. It's all to do with Harlan, isn't it? If Harlan plays, and that line will go back to minus one fifty seven. The, the uncertainty around Harlan. He obviously got injured in the Norway game. Didn't feature in the last match. Uh, will he play? Well, they, they've, you know, they've got. It's, it's interesting to see that team news is going to be crucial in that match. But I just think the way this is positioned in the calendar, the fact it's a Saturday morning match after an international break, which is scandalous, really, absolutely ridiculous. Well, it was meant to be five thirty. Got changed on police advice. Yeah, but it should have been the Sunday. It should have been a Sunday. Well, potentially, yeah. I, mean, it I, should think, have been I, a, I think that's because of Champions League issues the following week, is it? Yeah, suppose, uh, this I week they got, yeah, they got, they got, they got, it, 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 it doesn't make, it's, it's ludicrous. And I think that will, 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 
uh, have an in- impact on the match we're going to see. I think under three and a half goals is a bet here. Jack? Yeah, I think I would go for a little crazy one on maybe a correct score there, on a low, low correct score. They, these games have tended to be, from memory, all or nothing. They've either been 4-1 or, or very low scoring, isn't they, over the last uh, few seasons? So, uh, yeah, I'd probably go for maybe um, yeah, a 1-0 to City or something like that. Uh, Liverpool win it. How how close to to City in the title market in the future? I mean, the plus six fifty here. If Liverpool win it, I mean they'll be serious. I mean we think they're sort of challenges anyway, Nigel. I think we both back them. Yeah. I mean this it'd be good. For, it'd be good for the market, wouldn't it, if they won it? Yeah, as I've said all along with him, I don't think he knows his best team, and I think they're going to come good. I think Arsenal have peaked. I, I just think I, I just think I think they're the where the value in this market. I've always said. I felt the difference between Arsenal and Liverpool. I think Liverpool should be head of Arsenal. That's my that's my opinion. I think Arsenal get all the praise and all the publicity and all the hype, but I think Liverpool, player for player, have got big game players who can change the match much a bigger level. Have seen it done. It Salah. I mean, he's not getting the credit he deserves, but this season yeah. he's, he's he's unbelievable. But I, I think Liverpool are, are more of the title threat. And if they win this match, I expect them to be around about plus three fifty to win the Premier League title. Uh, best bets this weekend are the, are the ones that you give a nod you can go first what's your best play I think it's going to be the under two and a half goals in Everton Manchester United the circumstances of that match the fact that Everton will be galvanised that they'll be feel like they've got the world on their shoulders they want to take everybody on uh, Dyche will set them up really really defensively and Manchester United with a huge Champions League game in midweek I think under two and a half goals there at minus 103 Jack what's your best play I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with both teams to score in Luton uh, against Palace. Mm. And that 1-1 one, one draw. Okay, yeah, well, we'll, we'll take 1-1 one, one for, for both uh, tips to cash. Uh, and finally, it is the Betting Weekly Christmas party on Friday. Um, we have got representatives of all of the soccer shows, the tennis shows and the cricket shows rolling up, plus, uh, plus one or two uh, invited special guests uh, as well. Looking forward to it, Nigel. Yeah, it should be good do. It should be it should be good night. But before we go on to that, just just one thing, and this is going live on Wednesday and probably be live on Thursday. Very happy Thanksgiving to all our yes, American indeed. viewers as well. Enjoy that with your families and friends and hopefully cash them tickets. A big sporting weekend across in America. So very happy Thanksgiving. With regards to the the Christmas party. Yes, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, we've got to have pictures. You can follow us on our Instagram account uh, at Because We Win. Uh, we, Jack will be on posting some pictures. Myself will be posting some pictures on there. Uh, we'll be editing them before we send them up, but it's going to be quite <laughs> interesting to see who's who behaves himself and who's been on the Christmas good list and who's been on the naughty list. <laughs> and we're playing, darts as well. we're playing darts as well, Jack, aren't we? I'm back to it. We're playing a bit of darts as well. You're a darts man? You're an Aerosmith? Absolutely, yeah. I can't, I can't give too much away, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see when I get on the hockey on... Um on Friday night. Crucially. Um, Better than I was at golf last time we went out. Well, yeah, I can't. I think I won at golf, didn't no, I? You didn't, no, you <laughs> I think I won. I think I won that one. I think I won. Crucially, though, it's a big night. We're meeting early. Jack's meeting at four o'clock. He's meeting Steve Wiss of the European show. I won't be rocking up till half past seven. Far too sensible. The, the crucial thing, though, Nigel, Who's going to be the first to lead, the first ah, to duck out, the well, first to drop a shoulder and swerve it? Well, Wright who's has, already, who, Wright has who, already said he's got an early train to catch. He's, there's been a big move for Wright, very early move. But I think, to be fair, listen, it, it, no, he, we don't call him the Cinderella of the big because he's, he's, his Uber turns his into a, into a carriage if he's not in by 12 o'clock. And that is Sean Calvert. Sean Calvert is absolute certainty. The first. As soon as the free bar ends, Calvert's exit. He's got the thought. Sorry about that. And he, he will, yes, we know we follow him. He goes all around the world on those 
uh, public transport is busted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not going to be getting no Uber and no taxi after 12 o'clock. Sean Calvin is a very, very heavy favourite to go first. <laughs> Jack, who's the last man standing? Who's going to be propping up the bar speaking to themselves at 3am? Shocking as it seems, I had a look through the drinks menu. Stella is on tap, so... Um... <laughs> I need to say that more, do I? <laughs> Nigel, you're last man standing, I think, aren't you? I'll, I'll tell you, I, there's more chance of me being the first one gone than the last one. So uh, I'm on I'm on the street instructions. I'm on the street orders from the missus. So there you go. I need I've to get home. There's a massive game on the on the Saturday. It's yeah. uh, Norwich but, versus QPR. Yeah, we saw that game Good last Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we saw the reverse fixture. I really enjoyed it. Anyway, <laughs> Nigel, Jack, thanks for your company. Good luck with all your picks. That is a wrap for week 13 of Betting Weekly Premier League show. We will be back next week uh, with all the best bets across the EPL and stay across all of the Betting Weekly content via at Because We Win. From all of us for now, though, it is goodbye.